welcome to Growth on the Rocks with your host, Desiree Simone, the podcast where we talk about life, love, and living. So grab yourself your favorite cocktail and let's get started. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Growth on the Rocks. My name is Desiree Simone, and I am beyond thrilled to have a very dear friend of mine on the podcast. I've been begging her and begging her for months. And finally, she put aside her busy travel schedule to be with us. Travel executive all the way from the big apple of New York City makes a noise for Miss Renee Wilson. I need a sound effect, like a sound effect board, like really bad. That's okay. We could be our own sound effect board. <laughs> <now>. <laughs> Renee, welcome to Growth on the Rocks. How are you, Bill? I'm good. I'm doing good. 2024 kicked in the door. Like I said on, <laughs> I posted on Instagram. I was like, 2024. Now you get in here, you sit down, don't touch nothing. Ava already been touching. I, I, I from pop culture to the news to you know, but but good stuff too. Twenty twenty four. It's it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. So you are a travel executive from New York City. So before we get into, because I have a sneaking feeling this is gonna be like a nice little catch up for us. But tell everybody who's listening a little bit about you and specifically what it is that you do for a living. Okay, great. Well, first, thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad that this worked in our schedules and we've been meaning to do this for so long. And (laughs) so this will be great. Um, Well, yeah, I am a regional director for New York City Tourism, which is the city's official tourism office. Um, You know, we do New York City Restaurant Week. We were the first city to ever do Restaurant Week. Um, And we also now have like Hotel Week and all this other stuff. So I work in tourism development. So I just go around and travel the world and tell everybody how great New York is. And then I, I found from my main social media pages and content and just chatting with friends that people were really interested in seeing my journeys and seeing my travels. So from there, last year, I developed a handle um nyc and beyond with me so a lot of the content and that's on my instagram um and then i have a youtube that connects to that too is that it's um focused on new york city because that's what i promote and that's what i build professionally but then just traveling personally and professionally gives me the passion and excitement to talk about what's beyond my city and the goal is for everyone to kind of get out and about beyond their own city and see what's cool so if, and I feel like you get this question all the time, if you had to tell somebody, this is the first place that you need to go when you come to New York City, I feel like that's like asking a parent to pick their favorite child. But if you had to be like, if you had to go to this place first, where would you want people to go? Um, oh my gosh. Throw a curveball in there all I early. There, there were so many good places to go. Um, I'm going to surprise people and say go to Brooklyn. There's a lot of fun in Brooklyn. And I'm a Bronx girl, born and raised. So, you know, a part of me feels like I was going to be biased and say, go to the Bronx, home of hip hop, the Yankees, all the good stuff there. Queens is good for the diversity of all the different great food. Um, the city as itself as a whole is like a cultural melting pot. But what I like about Brooklyn is that there's a lot of charm and a lot of character in the city. Like it's growing and developing into its own destination within itself. Like there's a lot of big hotels that have opened there. I mean, honestly, the rent in Dumbo is more like surpassing like the rent in like Midtown Manhattan as far as like how upscale there may be certain areas, but then you still get that like 
you know, cultural round the way vibe, a lot of off the beaten path, really good food, um, really great spots to go. The Brooklyn Museum is great. Um, the the library. I do sometimes have to stay a little unbiased and, you know, just say I love everything. But um, yeah, shout out to Brooklyn. It's funny because my friends would be like, oh, you know, because there's a rivalry, oh. you know, within the boroughs of like, who's the best. But I'll say that if you are going to come to New York, um, yeah, get on the train, get on the subway and go, go over to Brooklyn. <laughs> I feel like the same could be said because, you know, my backyard is Atlanta. And I feel like the same could be said for people who are like, Okay, so you you can go to Buckhead, but if you want really, really great diversity, you want to go to Dunwoody and then maybe go to Sandy Spring. Like, it's very much like yeah. that kind of vibe as well. So I, I get it and I appreciate it. You know, also shout out to my friends in Midtown Atlanta because that was like my stomping ground for a year. So. so with what you're doing right now, how exactly did you get started? Because you and I actually, let's backtrack. You and I actually met at a travel conference. Um, I think we, was it? The African-American travel? I think it was yeah. African-American travel. Uh, ACC. It, it was probably ACC. Because, okay. you know, it, they have a cluster of different ones. Like, there's they, going on. Right. There's bank travel. But I think it was AATC. And, and it might have been in Florida, right? Yes. Yeah. And it was... No, no. It was uh, Kansas. Oh. It was Kansas. Yes. Yes, yes. it was Kansas. It was Kansas. But what was funny was I, this was when I was working for my last job at the hotel and I specifically pitched this conference because I was like, you have a minority sales manager. And there are so many times that minorities have reached out about our area and our property. And I'm like, we have nothing appealing. Like we need to entice more people. We've got to bring the culture here. We've got to also understand that there's more than people who want to come down here for country music and oysters. Like I, I need to branch out more. So I remember going to the powers that be about this conference. And so you and shout out to our little baby niece, our little niece, Kirsten, if she's listening, hopefully she is. Um, we all just like instantly just connected and then stayed in touch for the next conference. And then I've stayed in touch ever since then. And so I know you told me how you got started in travel because I think you've been in this position for a little bit. And you were in another one, but how did you get initially into the travel industry? Yeah, no, I'm glad you asked. And it's funny that you mentioned AATC because I I went to a historically black college, shout out to Lincoln University in Pennsylvania, and I was a tour guide at school. So I just put that I can give tours on my resume when I graduated. Like, oh yeah, I have a great personality. I like to give tours. And it's funny you mentioned Atlanta because my first job out of college was for CNN. They have studio tours in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. And they opened one in New York City. And it was um, around the time of like Hurricane Katrina and Anderson Cooper was really big. Larry King Live was still alive and about. And one of his sets was uh, based in New York. So even though Atlanta is the headquarters of the network, the second largest bureau is and still is in New York City. So they decided to make a studio tour out of that. Um, similar to what we have in New York with NBC. Like, let's see behind the scenes of the network. And when I tell you, it was almost like a reality show casting or something. There was like hundreds of people like lined up to be a, a tour guide for CNN. And um, Black History Fact, I was the first African-American tour guide for Inside CNN New York. Yes, you were. Yes, <laughs> like, you were. Of everybody else on the line, there was only yeah. like eight of us picked. And um yeah, I was the one uh, young young lady of color. And and the gentleman from Atlanta, he's like, you know, I picked you, your smile. And I know you could do it because I was very nervous, but he was very sweet, um, you know, Southern charm and everything. And, you know, I wanted to 
do my best. And I, I, I did great, I guess, from there. And what it is, is like a page program. So when you're not giving tours, you're supposed to shadow other departments um, within the network. So some of my like page peers to this day are like senior executives of like shows on the network. But for me, I like the tourism side of it. And so I used to help him get ready for trade shows, him, uh, my general manager at the time, get ready for trade shows and things like that. So I'd always from there been a supplier of individual attractions in New York City. And then the pandemic did what it did and then things slowed down. And then lo and behold, a friend um, and now my boss in this in the industry reached out and said, you know, we're trying to build our team back up. So what do you think? And I'd always wanted to work for the city's office because I feel like that's the ultimate goal. I wanted to, you know, as a local New Yorker, really share the story of our city and what's so great about it. And of course, it's a popular city and everybody knows it. But what is beyond just the main things that people already know or think that they know about the city? So that's what brings me like joy in this role now. And it's been it's good, been a good ride. It's been a couple of years now. So the where industry you, 15, 16 years, but for this job, maybe two and a half. Now, where would you ultimately like to go with mm -hmm. your with your work experience? Well, that's a good question. I feel like if I do stay for working for the DMO, like Destination Management Office of New York City, I'd probably want to, um, you know, elevate to like an SVP level, um, broaden my scope of the territories that I cover. Right now, I manage U.S. and Canada. So I try to get inbound tourists from the United States and Canada um, on the B2B side. So I talk to tour operators and travel agents and things like that, get that market to bring more um, tourists to New York City. So right now I'm just US and Canada. But if I were to see myself in the future, I'd love to expand my market reach back into Europe and Asia and some of the other um, established and emerging markets in the world. And, and that'll increase my international travel a lot more too, which is always fun. Um, so I would say that's where I'd see myself more like a senior level in my position, or there is also brand USA, which is like the, the country's version of, of what we do. So that's um, another company, but that would be a, a great level up or starting your own business, you know, is always um, something too. like, I was really inspired by um, a, a young black woman, um, she started um, one of the conferences I went to called Black Travel Summit. So Black Travel Summit uh, is, I guess, annual now, but it, at the time it was just one year old. When I had first started, they had just started their annual conference. She's a dear. She's great. She's someone I might connect you with because she's somebody to chat with. She knows some please, stuff. Please, she yeah. has contact. She has a good relationship with Hyatt, which is really good on the DEI front of really making sure that um, Black travel is at like the forefront um, of the conversations. So um, I guess for me, it would be kind of cool if I started my own business. I would love to do something like that, like start my own like trade association. But she is rocking and rolling with hers. That's how I was able to have uh, meetings and appointments with all different type of uh, travel influencers and vloggers. They inspired me to kind of start my own influencing channel. Um, I met Kevin Frazier from Entertainment Tonight, which was crazy. He was one of my appointments and I ended up doing um, a webinar at my job very recently um, that he was featured in because he's starting an online platform called Seppi, uh, named after his aunt Seppi. So it's- um, Don't we love that. Uh, online travel agency. Yeah, because his story is great. Mm -hmm. um, I'll, I'll, I'll tell it and paraphrase it to the best that I can. But he says, like a lot of us, that like I travel all around the world and I don't see myself always reflected or I don't always know where to go. 
to learn the culture and the history of any diverse groups of people, let alone my own African-American heritage or black culture in these different uh, towns in the US or even abroad. And um, his aunt Seppi would travel a lot and she was a freedom fighter and, and, and you know, um, a, a powerhouse in her own right. And so he named it after her. And um, it's like a, you know, like a, like an Expedia, a trip advisor, but like mm -hmm. more cultural lens to it. So he's going to fe feature and focus mainly on some of the unpopular or not unpopular, like, but off the beaten path, like neighborhoods and some mm -hmm. of these major cities and destinations. So for New York City, he wanted to learn the history of Weeksville, Brooklyn. Like Weeksville was a freed slave town in Brooklyn. And there's still some historic landmarks and facts there. Of course, you wanna look at Harlem and you wanna look at other parts of Brooklyn and the Bronx and Queens and things for some of the cultural tours that we do and sightseeing tours. So um, we hope to have New York City launched as a CEPI city this year on his platform uh, through our job. But I, I wouldn't have met him if it wasn't for uh, the CEO of Black Travel Summit. So I know that was all over the place. And, no, and it's not, but, it's not. But, <laughs> That would be where I would go next would be to um, either support or start my own like association uh, mm -hmm. for black travel groups. Cause which, there aren't any. Which in a, like a year or two you'll be doing and then I'll have you back on the podcast and it'll be like, that's right. I'm really, really busy, but I can squeeze you in between flying from LA to Dubai real, real quick. I got like a good 15 minutes before I then go do my Ted talk. So like we're gonna, we're existence. speaking to existence. Uh, we're yeah. speaking to existence kind of podcast. Energy and what you do and what you build on your platform. So if you are speaking that into existence, I am receiving it, okay? We're speaking sliding into Kevin Fraser's DM and be like, I love what you're doing. I'd love to know more about it. I'd love to have you on the podcast. Like these are the things that we as black women Man, can I achieve. Yeah, no, absolutely. Because you you never know. You, you you only know if you don't ask. Right. That's the only way that you have that solid note, right? So listen, go for it. And, and we were talking about that. You know, we were, you know, that was a little bit of a joke that we had before we recorded where I said, you know, the, the DMs that I've been sliding in lately have just, they have just made me giggle. And I will go to my parents and I'll be like, I've messaged so-and-so and you just never know. But I also do it, and I also like talking about it now on this particular episode, because there'll probably be a day that I'll look back and I'm like, I can't believe I said that. And now, look, look at who, I, look at who I'm interviewing. And so it's it's very true, like you said, you don't know until you ask. Yep. The only absolute no is if you don't try, you know. And then if you do try, the worst you can get is a no, or like you know, maybe on red is the most common that maybe they just didn't get to it or see it. But like whatever. Mm. So you, you started talking a little bit about Black travel, and obviously that is something that is very much near and dear to your heart. So one of the things that I know I told you about is I love seeing these Black female travel groups. There are some Instagram pages that I'm like, I want to get a collection of girlfriends together and fly to like Edinburgh and do a tour. Matter of fact, I saw one on TikTok. It was like 20 Black women and they flew to Dubai. And I was like, I oh, no, I, I believe it. I need, I, I need this. I need this. I I saw a joke last uh year, you know, in the holiday season, Christmas time or whatever during the break, where it was like everybody is in Ghana. Like, um, people are going to Africa. everybody was in Ghana. They 
were. Was it? They were. They, like, I'm like, wait a minute. I, back in the day, I could barely afford to go to Miami, but this is the new place where we're going now. And I love that for us. I love that for yeah. women, for Black people. I love that for Black women because sometimes you do feel sometimes limited and and you you learn so much and see so much. And we're really loved and celebrated in a lot of places where we may not even realize because we've never been, you know? So please go to Italy, <laughs> you know, <laughs> okay. Italy You'll is love. on my top five. <laughs> we'll be it's, it's on my top five. And I have an aunt who was stationed there years ago and she was like, Italian men love black women. Just saying. <laughs> love them. And I was like, you're talking to a girl who worked on cruise ships. Most of the officers were Italian and they would just be like, I'm not gonna mess up the accent, but y'all, Y'all know who you yeah. are. Shout out yeah. to Captain Claudio. You know who you yes. are. And, and Italian men love women. Like, And then when you have a woman that just looks a little different from who you normally see in your, your town, that in itself is appealing to them and it stands out and all that stuff. So like, I, I think that's uh, pretty neat. And, um, and African men love African-American women. Like, I, well, first of all, Everybody loves us. Like, I, I don't like the narrative that, like, everybody hates us kind of thing. And you'll prove it wrong when you travel. Because sometimes when you stay where you live, especially in the United States, you can kind of feel like, you know, it's so divided here. Or there's so many things that, like, oh, I don't know if I'd fit in in this town or this neighborhood and stuff. And it's just traveling globally, especially, really closes the world. And it opens it in a way as well, too, in a big way. You know, you're meeting new people. You're trying new foods. You're staying in areas and learning the history of those areas. And you're being introduced to people that you may have never interacted with in the past or that you've only known about their culture and they only known about yours from what they may have seen on TV or, or you know, nowadays on social media. So it's nice to be able to, you know, just get to know people and have a good time. There's a lot of solo traveling. I might do a solo cruise. You said you worked on a ship. Like, did you ever have people that kind of, you know, just on their own, just all the time? All the that. time, all the time. One of, matter of fact, a girlfriend of mine is about to go on a cruise for her birthday. And so I love when people are like, Desiree, I'm going on a cruise. What should and should I not do? And I'm like, girl, I got you. What what ports are you going to? Let me tell you where it should go. But That's and that was actually one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was the importance of solo traveling. Because yeah, you see it a lot. Cruises are great for solo mm -hmm. traveling. If you feel nervous about the idea of, going out by yourself and not knowing anyone, whether it's safety or you're not sure what to do, a cruise, you're surrounded by 2000 of your new brand new friends, you're going to have everything taken care of there, you're going to feel safe, you're going to have the food, you're going to have the entertainment, you're going to have all the options of what to do. So a cruise is a phenomenal place to start with solo traveling. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Okay. Because I, I technically solo travel anyway, because I travel for work a lot. And then I make make new besties like you when I go to these conferences, whether it's for work or for personal, I do tend to kind of solo travel anyway, but I want to do a solo travel cruise because it does give you kind of the inside, even if it's just a few hours or an overnight of another country, you know, and you can hit multiple countries and one trip in a way that if you were to fly there, you you may not have, have the time or even the budget or or the energy, frankly, to see like everything in all these different cities. But when you go port to port, like you have like, you know, a little buffet appetizer sample of a little bit of everything in that area. So I'm going to do it. It's on my list. It's on my list for 2020. I think, 
I think you absolutely need to do it. And it's like you said, the great thing about cruising is you will have those little nuggets of time on every single port. And then it's it's just a really great way to kind of dip your toe into the water of traveling by yourself. Because I get it, it's it's dawning. I've only ever traveled solo in relatively smaller places that I've cruised to. So I'm like, okay, I'm familiar with Cosmo. So I'm, I'm gonna do three days in Cosmo by myself, like that kind of thing. But Lord knows, like, I'd love to go to like, I absolutely loved Edinburgh and I'd love to go back by myself. So being able to do that, I think is amazing. So one of the things I would love for you to talk about, because you are a mom of a precious daughter, I'd love for you to talk about the importance of traveling when you're young, because I, I am amazed and I feel sad when people are like, oh, I've never left the United States or I've never left my state and so you know I hate I feel like I'm bragging when I say this but I got my first passport at 11 so it's like it's like the idea of travel is so important especially if you can start young so talk a little bit about the benefits of starting as young as you possibly can to really expand and see the world oh yeah no absolutely I have a bestie that we went on a a cruise (laughs) a few years back and her daughter had her passport at five months and my daughter at the time was like 12. And we were like, we're out of here. We're going, we're doing this. My story was very different. I expensed my passport. I didn't have a passport until I was in my thirties and it was a work trip. And I was like, well, if y'all want me to go, I have to get a passport. You know, and it, like, <laughs> I was just a city girl. You know, I was like, everything is here. I live in the best city in the world. I don't need to go anywhere. But I mean, like, that is true. <laughs> I still feel that way. And I still love my city. And it's funny that, um, you know, I I learned so much about so many different cultures around the world. And then a lot of times I do meet so many different people from around the world here in my own city, but there's nothing like hitting the soil, breathing the air of another place, another country. The world is a lot smaller um, culturally. And, and as far as like just the exposure, when you're going out, travel builds character for young people. Travel teaches them that everyone doesn't have to look the same, have the same style and dress, have the same style and food, have the same style and speaking to still be able to have a common ground. So there are times where I may be abroad or even when I took my daughter, like one of our first trips was just going up to Canada. But if you're in the French speaking part of Canada, it still feels like, wow, you know, and it's like, you're able to speak to someone of a different language, but you are trying to speak their language. And when you're younger, you can soak that stuff up even easier. You know, the, the best way to teach anything is to a child when they're younger. So um, even in my high school, we used to have to go out of the classroom and really learn things hands on. And um, one of the niche markets that I work with at work and one of the personal passions, you know, as you said, as a mom, and thank you for the confidence in me being a good mom, is that like um, youth travel. Youth travel has always been really passionate for me because it it makes a, a difference in someone's life, in a young person's life, for them to have those experiences. Because again, you're trying different foods. You're meeting people that are different than you. You're finding diversity in ways that you didn't know may have existed. So even going back to like Black travel, sometimes you think like we're all the same and that's not true. And when you go to you know certain parts of the Caribbean and different islands, you learn different customs over there. You learn different cultures. You learn how to also have understanding of everybody else in ways that you could have been a little more narrow if you grew up and only knew your town. Mm-hmm. So. And, if, and if you could tell a child 
teenager, preteen, you know, not only the importance of travel, but if you could kind of give them into some sort of direction in a possible career path, where would you possibly steer them? Um, Start doing tours. Start doing tours. (laughs) I know. Start doing tours. Go do do what I said. Go go to your college. And honestly, um, college in general, do a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. And whatever sticks, figure that out. And if that means that you're giving tours of your school and you end up being a tour guide and you go my path, great. If that means that you're very intrigued, um, you know, of, of other cultures and countries and you end up studying abroad, you know, and, and you're afforded that opportunity, do it, you know, because you never know what'll stick. It's just like what we were saying earlier with sliding in those DMs, slide into every crew and club and things in your high school. If there's a performance arts club, if there's a drama club, if there, and, and my daughter and I both have been in all of these different type of elective clubs growing up as teenagers, get involved in things. And even that will open those doors for you to meet new people, make connections. When I tell you, she got more connections even than I do sometimes. She will get okay. me a- Okay. She is gonna meet uh like the playwright guy from like the color purple and all this. Um the no, not the color the, the whiz and all this like she's all over and I'm like, oh you're okay. getting now, honey. So it's just a matter of like finding the passion in general of what you love. Don't be afraid. I think this younger generation also realizes that the world's a lot smaller than we used to feel it was. It used to feel almost intimidating or overwhelming, just the thought of going across the world, but now People are booking flights all the time. And I think it is getting younger and younger that you're getting that passport or your parents are getting you out to those places. So by all means, do it. And and I think it's great to, as a kid, if, if your parent were to ask you, would you rather get like, you know, a new video game system or go somewhere, go somewhere, go somewhere. Because by the time you're our age, you won't remember necessarily that physical item that you got for Christmas, but you'll never forget your first cruise or your first time that you went to a particular country or, or tried a different food somewhere that was so far away from home that you, you know, you may have loved or hated the meal, but you'll never forget it kind of thing. So build memories, you know, is what I would say. I think the building memories is excellent. I've, I've seen a couple of videos where people talk about, um, I think I actually saw a couple do this on TikTok where they said they don't buy each other a birthday gift or an anniversary gift but their Christmas gift is a trip. So they do everything that entire year so that they get to experience something together. So it's like, you know, they may acknowledge a birthday and they may acknowledge an anniversary, but around Christmas time, that is their big gift to each other. And I love that. And kind of like what you said about, you know, that first kind of travel experience. I had my first cruise when I was 12. And it's funny that you mentioned about that whole, that because that was a really great experience for me as well, because my grandparents who pretty much instilled the love of travel in me, and I was very fortunate, um, they presented me the option of, okay, you're a friend, because I grew up in Potomac. They're like, your friends are all going to go hang out in Ocean City, Maryland. You can hang out with your friends at Ocean City, or your grandmother and I are going to go to the Caribbean for a week on our cruise. Where would you like, Caribbean, Caribbean? I love that you made that choice. Caribbean. My first cruise was a five-day cruise. I was sick for six of them. Not every, wait, five days. Yeah, I know. And I was sick for six. The day before, I feel like the pit of anxiety started. And then your girl was seasick every single day on the cruise. And I spent, <laughs> I spent so little time upright. I was just miserable. 
And I feel like I ruined that poor cruising experience for my grandparents. And they were like, you've got to get better the next time because they were avid cruisers. And so it's ironic looking back that that's ultimately what I ended up doing for almost 10 years because right. the first few cruises, your girl was suffering. That's she what I was, was gonna say. Su- now, and you ended up working on cruise ships. And, suffering. And who's to say that you would have even ended up where you were on the ship or even where you are right now if you wouldn't have had that first experience? And that's know? exactly the point. I think that's the idea that you have to have those first experiences. Um, my And I, I, my first cruise was a carnival celebration, which um, was a ship that was recently retired and renovated. And so the idea that that was kind of where I started. And then I remember as every cruise that I went on, I got a little bit better and I got a little healthier. My grandfather taught me that really seasickness is kind of a mental thing. You know, the tricks of the trade of finding horizon and getting some ginger and all of those things. And so, you know, years later, here you go with this girl who was horribly seasick to now singing and dancing on stages on cruise ships. It makes it, it was very much full circle, but it's also like you said, I, especially on cruises, I used to love seeing families and especially black families because you did not see a lot of them and especially for me as a performer I was actually I don't think I ever I don't think in 10 years I ever shared the stage with another African-American performer I didn't I didn't I, I will have to go back and double check um some some people that were tan I had a couple of Latin but for the most part it was always me so to be able to be on stage performing, and then I would look out in the audience and I'd see these black families and I'd see these little black girls. Yeah, just... and they saw you. And they saw you, which oh. is which is even more touching. Like you saw them, so you were seen, but then that that little girl, you know, that you once were on a cruise ship for the first time saw you. And we always say how much representation matters. So like that Mm -hmm. in itself is a full circle moment to be able to say, you know, I was you, I was that little girl. You may not be as thick as I was on my first cruise, but I'm glad you're here. You're doing far better (laughs) than I am. Let me tell you, because I remember it just, it took me a while to kind of like finally enjoy cruising even when I was younger. But one of the things that really resonated with me were the shows, the shows and the cruise directors. I thought the cruise directors were the coolest people in the world. And so it made a lot of sense of that ended up being where I ended up spending most of my professional career. And then again, to be on stage and then to see it. And I tell you what was always really funny was um, because I'm a production singer, a lot of production shows have extremely varied musical backgrounds. So I will sing shows that have country music. I'll sing jazz. I'll sing r and I'll sing Motown. I'll sing opera, whatever. I- I knew this about you. Yes, I, girl. I yes. knew that it's the side of you. But it's funny though, because a lot of a lot of performers are sales and marketing or business or operation and production people. It, it goes sense. a lot of my peers, even here in New York, they have a drama background. Or like it even when sense. I guide, you had to memorize the scripts, you had to project, you had to be on stage to some degree. And and that is kind of what we do even as, as sales executives. So and, that in itself can sharpen skills, even for like, you know, those nine to five white collar kind of jobs, mm-hmm. just that creative side of you. That's pretty cool. It, it makes so much sense. And, you know, shout out to Carnival Cruise Line Entertainment. I've got friends who still work in the office. I love them dearly. But um, yeah, there was even one show that if I remember correctly, I sang in four different languages. 
this one particular show that I had to do like Swahili, English, Italian, Spanish. And I, I love yeah, that. yeah. So a show that did four different languages, but then also what I loved was, again, you know, you're on stage, you see a, a little black girl and you're like, oh my God, she's me. There was one show, there was one show that the finale of it was the Joyful Joyful from Sister Act. <laughs> now, this show was on a ship that was out of Miami and it was a shorter cruise and shorter cruises are kind of known as like a party, you have fun, you go in, you have a great, it's the bachelorette, it's the graduation party, whatever. But they're still a lot of fun. And so that song is part of the finale and all of us come out in choir robes. And again, yours truly is the only chocolate person up there. But what used to always kill me was I would walk out on stage and you hear that beginning piano. Like, dun, 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 dun. Oh so my God, it's like that? <laughs> like in the movie? It's just like in the movie. And it would crack me up because I would look out in the audience and I'd see these black faces and inevitably you hear, Okay, girl. Oh, okay. You better bring it. Yes. I, yes. I love us. And then, of course, we do it. We got the choreography, and then there's a whole ending of it. And then I'm running in the audience, and I'm just like, thank y'all for support. Thank you for supporting. Oh, yeah. yeah. We're, we're tough critics, but we are the biggest lovers. We are, we give the best hugs. We give the best support. And it's something about having that auntie in the audience. It's like, go ahead, girl. Because, oh, yeah. Fact, Thing too. Um, I actually sung, and this is not when it was taped, so to be clear. But I sung during the commercial breaks um, of the Apollo at the Apollo Theater. Um, that was great. And I was young. Um, when you I was sang a, a harder stage than I did. Oh, that's a hard stage. You got to rub that lucky log. Uh, that's a hard that's stage. A, and I wasn't. I wasn't um, competing. I wasn't competing. But I'm. I've never been shy. So even like my first trip ever, my my aunt same aunt we were talking about she won a trip from the radio to um disney world and this is like 1992 i was a little kid i turned 10 in disney world and they were like who wants to be ginger from gilligan's island and i'm raising my hand and i'm like the only girl in the audience like me and my aunt's thinking like they're not gonna pick you honey they picked me and then I was like blowing kisses and like that that gave me that stage confidence that um when I was a teen, uh, my mom used to take me to uh you remember when it was like on TV, right? It's showtime at the oh, Apollo. Of yeah, course yeah. I'm and the same yeah, girl, yes. That in itself was like going to a concert. It was really, really fun uh growing up in New York and being able to go uptown and and, and experience that. So I'd seen some celebrities because you always have the celebrities perform and then you have um you know, the amateur the night. Amateur night, yeah. Um, there was a time where, okay, it was a commercial break and, and they still want to hype up the crowd. They're mm -hmm. like, who wants to get up here and sing? And I was like, just like I did when I was a little kid in Disney World, I'll do it. And it was the same thing. And I was so scared and nervous because I felt like they're going to boo me. But then what I- What did you sing? I sung Real Love. I, I sung Mary J. Blige Real Love. Something upbeat. I, I knew I was smart enough not to do a ballad because if I got too nervous and I get too pitchy, it may be mm -hmm. weird. But if you tell J. Crew and the crew or whoever the band is at the mm -hmm. at that real love, and you just bought that and you just like and and I was like what maybe sixteen? Everybody was like yeah yeah, so that was fun, yeah. and that made me feel confident in other areas of my life. Uh, so even with what you do with personal development, it gave me a confidence even personally to say if yeah. I can if I can sell myself in the arts. 
I could do the same thing at a job or in a relationship or in the family and household that I, I'm, I'm trying to create here. So, you know, it all goes back to travel and the point you made earlier about full circle well, moments. Cir <laughs> circling back to what a small world was or a small world it is, my aunt was on Amateur Hour on Showtime and the Apollo in the 80s with Marilyn Jarrett. So I'm sure my mom is going to send this and be like, Marilyn, doesn't I talk about you on her podcast? I I love yes. it. I want to see yes. if there's any recordings. Send it to me. I'd love oh to see Oh my God. I've, you know what? I've got to see if there is. Because I, I bet see. you there is, but we're talking the 80s, so I'm sure it's on a VHS somewhere. I know. But you know, there's, um, uh, internet, it may resurface in some type of way, but no, uh, that's all. Yeah, we, we grew up it. hearing stories and she talked about just how amazing that experience was. I can't remember if she won or how far she went. But I do remember That's that around the, the town, that was like the biggest news that Marilyn oh. Jarrett made it. Oh, I love that. I love yeah. that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> New York is period are tough. <laughs> Let alone your own your own culture of people. We could be a little tough. It's but we're hearing we like you. We really like, we like you. you. And I'm, we really I'm not like you. African Americans, and I'm also speaking of New Yorkers, when we like you, it's Woo! It's really you hear the feet stomping and the clapping and going, but you know if you're not that great, you could. So it gets a little bit, uh, yeah. yeah. It's it's also very much the same for Southerners. It's just mm -hmm. I think mean, mm -hmm. the difference between Southerners and you know people from the North and maybe specifically New Yorkers is you all might be very vocal about it, whereas we're just going to be like, that's your oh, heart. Oh, that I, is just I, my, my family. And I, I I realize that bless your heart doesn't always mean that you did mm -hmm. it. You bless could. your heart. I'm gonna pray for you. I'm gonna pray for you. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I I know I know the southern the, the southern shade sometimes. You know that can Ooh, be the that. shade. <laughs> the shade is so real. But now you one of you, we differ regionally. Imagine when you travel globally. So I think that's exactly why. So exactly for the world. There's mm -hmm. gotta be some British shade that they're just like, yeah, <laughs> the shade, the shade of it all. So. Oh yeah, no, they're, the Brits probably have some of the, the best oh, shade. Like they do tea time all the time. Like tea yeah. time. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love it, and and that's the thing. It's like you learn, you know, uh, even if you aren't fluent in the languages, you just learn. Mm -hmm. different, you learn different phrases. You learn. Their, their customs and, yeah. and you also learn a deal of respect for their customs you know mm -hmm. like you understand things and it just you know it opens your mind like I said it really builds character in a young person to be able to have even like try different foods and mm -hmm. and venture out and and do different things and travel brings that to you absolutely now one of the things I was like constantly bugging you about I felt like this past December was I don't know what it was in the TikTok Instagram world, but all of a sudden I kept getting this amazing travel content about New York at Christmas time, and I was like, Renee, I yeah, I need to get back because I've only ever been to New York once. It was close to thirty something years ago, and it was two weeks before Christmas. And again, I don't know what it is about young Desiree and traveling, but I. We took an Amtrak from DC and your girl was there for 36 hours and I was sick for 48 of them. Um, and I just, I had this really horrible like cold so my nose is running and it was already cold in December, but I did not <laughs> let it deter me. I remember walking around and just being filled with wonder. 
30 something years ago. So it has been a dream of mine. And especially this past year, because the algorithm has been algorithming. And I know I sent you a bunch of stuff where I was like, yes. oh my God, tell me about this place around Girl, Christmas like, time. What? Is it yeah, really this right. amazing? Yeah. So, so as an insider, just tell me some of your favorite things to do around Christmas time. Because I will be there this December. I'm telling you, okay. I'm coming. I'm All coming. Right. Now, what I will say first, the first thing I will say, and it's a little bit of a plug uh, going back to my job. If you go to um, nyctourism.com, the best time to experience Christmas in New York is actually now in January because it'll be less crowded. All the Christmas lights are still up. All the stuff is still in the stores, but on sale. So everything is slashed if you want to do your shopping. Okay. It's not as crowded. You can go to Times Square mm -hmm. and make a breather and actually walk through. I, I said at the top, we do restaurant week. We have something called winter outing where it's hotel week, restaurant week, Broadway week, musty week, which is the museums and the attractions mm -hmm. all at one time. And that's literally right now. So my first tip would be actually to do a post holiday so that it's not, because sometimes what the influencers do is they're doing pre or post. Mm -hmm. So if you see vlogging new york city for the holidays they're either the, here in like early december or or mm -hmm. like january because wow. get that content to even yeah. get what it is that you're trying to capture <laughs> i always joke like there's the perception and then there's the reality oh yeah it's an instagram like, versus reality <laughs> new york the things that i will and i will get into that and, and suggest of what you do you'll be like it's so crowded it's so many people and and frankly it is a lot more expensive but if you come now i would suggest to come like now so and okay, it's the so same tip number one you guys we're gonna go after christmas yes yeah okay. i think the first pro tip coming uh you know from a, a travel professional if you will would be uh true, for new york true. come 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 in january Come okay. in January. The prices, the hotel prices will be lower. Um, the flights will be more affordable. You can check your flights mm -hmm. and stuff like that. You just started your new PTO, you know, for those that have, you know, the the, the PTO allotment just started back up. So take a few days now. And mm -hmm. and the Christmas stuff is still up. So you will still feel the holiday spirit. Like Saks Fifth Avenue, for example, had a really beautiful holiday light show. So I would recommend that. Like walking mm -hmm. down Fifth Avenue. So like mm -hmm. starting around like say Fifth Avenue and 49th Street, um, which is like Columbus Circle area. And then you get into the stacks when you know, you're in the fifties and then just keep walking straight all the way down to say like 14th Street and like the village. And if you walk straight down, you'll see so many beautiful window storefronts. And a lot of those window storefronts are still up. They're still decorated. The shops themselves, of course, are always open. The city never sleeps. But like I said, the prices might be a little bit lower now um, if you mm -hmm. want to get your shopping on. So you do that. So I would suggest just walking down Fifth Avenue. Um, again, I always shout out my boroughs. So if you go to Diker Heights in Brooklyn, there's beautiful holiday lights, uh, people's homes, you know. Mm -hmm. and you Yeah, yeah. Gets you in the holiday spirit. Um, Rockefeller Center is classic. So I would definitely like do some ice skating there, go to Top of the Rock. They have this new thing now where um, I don't know if you remember the iconic photo of the, the beam. The beam. Yeah, yeah, I saw. That kind of beams you up. And if you um, aren't, aren't afraid of heights and you can handle it, they'll strap you into the beam and you're kind of duplicating that and replicating yeah. that photo. And that's kind of cute. And then there are so many places to shop in that area. All the observatories in New York City have campuses of other things to do around it. 
So there's a lot of shopping and dining that you can still kind of knock out. I love like the the winter villages. Like if you go to um, Columbus Circle or if you go over to Bryant Park, because Columbus Circle is near Central Park, Bryant Park's a little smaller. And at Bryant Park, you can get like, you know, your hot chocolate or like your homemade crafts and things like that. People really come from all over the country, maybe even all over the world to be a vendor uh, during those times. So mm -hmm. that's cool to kind of just go to like um, Bryant Park's Winter Village. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, there's there's just so much, <laughs> but that's that's some of it. I would say really just to walk around and just feel the energy of the city because you never know what you'll run into. And then, you know, there's certainly classic signature things to do, like seeing Broadway shows and going to Radio City uh, Christmas Spectacular and things, which is also on the campus of Rockefeller Center. So just that mm -hmm. cluster alone is going to have you occupied with really fun things to do. And then I always encourage, like I say, to spread out and go to other parts of the city. So you can go you know, uptown to the Bronx, you can go to Harlem. There's always something going on in general in New York, but my favorite areas for Christmas time, I would say is, yeah, like some of the central areas in Manhattan where you have those shops. And just in general, it's really nice to go like thrifting and like find mm -hmm. really funky stuff. So especially the holiday times. And, and again, if you go in January, it'll be a little less crowded. So that would be my I'm, answer. I never would have thought in a million years to go now although in a practicality sense that makes sense obviously because like you said if all the decorations and everything is still up then you're going after the season so all your prices you know as a person comes from hotels all of your prices are going to go down everything else is going to go down so that right, makes you, a lot of sense but, yeah 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 honey come this come january 2nd i'm giving hotel rooms away right you know everybody's already missed everybody's already come here for like the big holiday they've come for Christmas, they've come for New Year's, they're all back at work. So I never would have thought that. And actually get a photo in front of it without mm -hmm. a ton of other people. So whenever mm -hmm. you see that money shot that some of those algorithms are showing you, a lot of times yeah. they're right, right in the beginning or mm -hmm. right, right after. So I would say like maybe like, yeah, the week of like January, the first week or second week of January while the mm -hmm. stuff is still up mm -hmm. would be the time to come because you'll still get that feeling and vibe mm -hmm. and then you could do the actual christmas maybe somewhere else and then still have that post holiday you'll still get that winter vibe we get more snow in new york honestly in january than december anyway so even that's kind of fun <laughs> you know i like i don't you know what it is new york is we you know i don't have i i, I live in a high rise and i don't drive so like snow There's doesn't that part <laughs> exactly i don't have to you know shovel snow i don't have to it's just cute like i just look down Aww. for my like, oh, look at the beautiful dusting of snow. And you that's talk what... to me when you shovel snow and you've driven in snow. I have some, I have some Maryland, DC post traumatic memories we'll that talk. it's just. We'll talk for sure. Mm -hmm. I might actually be in those areas soon because, you know, I got a college bound uh, child. So we'll be doing some oh, regional man. talk too. But um, yeah, no, it, it's, but I, I guess that's also the joy of being on vacation. You don't have to worry about shoveling yeah. snow that you just look at it and it's there is that part I think honestly I because I remember we came like that second week of December so I think for me I'd want to be the early pre because I I very much still want to feel like Christmas is coming okay um so I feel like I'd want to be the person who came like the first weekend in December to yeah, see yeah. kind of everything when it's and then of course like spend Christmas somewhere else but like I said I know I sent you so many things there was actually one woman who did like 
here's the perfect day for a Christmas weekend in New York. And she started from like, you get off the plane and you're going to have breakfast here and you go back to your hotel and take a nap and then you go to the markets and you do all this. And I was just like, I can't wait to go there. Because like you said, there is just something, there's something so magical, but at the same time, and I'm sure you can attest to this, there's there's so much that people don't realize that New York offers that once you get there, it behooves you to reach out to the local tourism board or reach out to a travel blogger or a writer or an influencer and say, what are some places off the beaten path? Because like you said, everybody and their mama is going to go to Rockefeller Center and want to ice skate, want to get in front of that tree. So, you know, you gave us a great bit of information, which is you want to get here January 6th and after because you'll still be able to really experience all of those things. But come hell or high water, December 2024, Yes, we're listen. We are manifesting so many fun things, so much travel, so things much into existence. You know you and you better slide in my DM at NYC anyway. when you do come. I always so do. Figure out what we're what we're gonna do. Because I, I always do. Among going to New York for me for Christmas time, what's a place that you're like? Okay, this year I'm manifesting into existence that in 2024 I'm going here. I want to go to to Ghana because um, everybody in the mama's gone to Ghana this year. It looks <laughs> right. I was like, I'm gonna go, and I want to go to Greece. I had a friend that celebrated a birthday there, and it looked gorgeous. And I was like, I love that. So, so that's definitely something I want to do. I, I have to get back to New Zealand. That was incredible. Mm. Like I like just the air there is so fresh like going through customs in the airport you can't even bring like an apple like they're so pure there with their fruit and their mm-hmm. their 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 food and and it's just gorgeous um the wine the wineries and vineyards and all that like it was incredible so i want to do that again um yeah that's that's it i mean there's a lot of uh fun places in the u.s i've never been to hawaii i've i've i've, really? I've Nope. Been three I, times. I, had a really good friend that was stationed out there and I would visit him all the time. Yeah, I would love to do that. You know, there's there's a lot of places on my list. What, what how about you? Where do you want to go? Um, so I will see you in December. Mm-hmm. Done. Spoke it. Done. Um, let's see. So I worked for Carnival Corporate in Doral, Florida, which is just a hop, skip, and jump from Miami. And I love I love Miami. So I'd love to go back. I've got a lot of friends in that area. So I'd love to go back to Miami. Um, I'll be at the same conference that I tried to get to New York. Um, oh, yeah. year, me. So if, if it's in Miami again, or if I find my way out there, just, we'll link up. Just give me a call. <laughs> For sure. I'm only, I'm only like a nine hour drive to two hour, hour and a half flight from Miami, but like definitely want to go back to Miami. Um, I do want to experience snow this year, and I actually have, actually have it on my vision board. I want to go to either Colorado or Utah. I just I just want to be in a cabin where there's snow, where there's a fireplace, where I can take really cute photos. I, I don't have to ski or anything. Yes. I just want the cabin and the snow. Yes, 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 yes. I one of the territories I manage at work is Canada, so you know mm-hmm. I I. I go north to Canada that would be a good option too if you want some really good snow I've um, definitely I've, it's been a few years since I've been to Canada but yeah I think it was Banff like a few years ago I went to 
it was a work conference and it was at a cabin. It was such great snow, but the mountains were great. And we did a trail walk and to be able to go and touch the pure white snow and just kind of look down at the icicles and, and the snow-capped mountains, it was just wow. breathtaking. And it was around this time of year. So it was one of those refreshing, like, you know, uh, new year, new energy type of feelings that comes about. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, do it. I yeah. love it. I love but yeah, it. Yeah, so definitely want to do that. That's my, those are my US. It's going to be like, you know, I'm coming to see you in December, going to Miami, see some friends there, find some snow somewhere in Colorado, Utah. And then outside of the US, I still have a lot of friends that are still in the UK. So to be able to go back to London, which I loved, I was an exchange student in my junior high school and lived there for six months. So to be able to go back to London is something that'll be really big for me um, because I have not been since uh, my 30th birthday. My grandmother took me again on my 30th birthday. So it's been like since 2010-ish. And then I'd have to say after that, I really want to go to South Africa. Yeah. Really want to go to South Africa. I want to, yeah. I've never been to the continent of Africa, period. So that's why I said Ghana, because that's where everybody went. Everybody was. went. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I, I, I want to explore that more. And, and I have been to like trade shows, right? Like, sometimes you go to like global trade shows and you have the booths of people from different destinations. And there was a, a travel agent um, that is is getting folks to go to Africa. It was like, you will love it. There's yeah. something that will, I mean, just obviously personally as an African-American, but also just mm-hmm. being there that will just resonate with you and the energy and you'll love it to mm-hmm. where I was just like, yeah, no, I want to go. I want to do yeah. it. So yeah, that, we, going. Love- we going, girl. We going. We're gonna we're gonna do the twenty three and me find our find our roots and be like this is where we're going. Oh yeah, and then I find like, out it's actually Ghana. I know, which is I think it's cool. Like, listen, don't don't. I mean, Ghana and and no offense to these cities, it's not necessarily like the Miami or the Atlanta of <laughs> Africa that everybody goes. Right. But maybe the reason why everybody goes, and I want to know, and I want to go. Like, I I wanna, just, I- listen. I want to go. Let's go ahead and let's go get our let's little go. niece. Let's go to get our niece Kirsten from the little old Georgia and have her come meet us and get her to come with some baby, some babies at her dog. And there you go. There are crews out there. There are crews, uh, meaning like clubs. Like um, yeah. there are a lot of like. There's one, the Black Girl Social Club. Like like mm-hmm. you said, there are a lot of Black women that are traveling and they mm-hmm. form groups on social media and they meet up and they go mm-hmm. and yeah. This is just something that I think even in our generation broadly, like a lot of us aren't necessarily saying like we're fluid, like like younger mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. every generation get a lot more and more transit and fluid and saying like, you know, I don't have to stay at the same job for my entire mm-hmm. life and retire at that. I don't have to live in the same place my entire life and just that's it. Or, mm-hmm. you know, um, even like getting a house. Like there are some people yeah. that are like, I'd rather just spend my income on travel and and move from place to place and Mm -hmm. that is exciting like we said at the top is like building memories yeah you know so I'm with it and that's what I want people to gather especially from this episode is we we want you to build memories we want you to get that passport we want you to really think about what's outside of your backyard and don't be afraid to go by yourself so yeah passport it's not hard I was worried about renewing my passport right after the pandemic because they said it would take forever it actually didn't take as long as I thought Mm -hmm. and now it's getting a lot quicker easier um yeah and 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 don't be worried and and sometimes you know 
as much as I say that there's a whole bunch of crews and groups that travel together, like you said, solo travel and like we both were talking is is a way to go too. Because mm-hmm. sometimes you know how it is. Everybody will have the ambition ambition of going. And then the group chat gets a little silent. The group chat, ooh. Oh, it is time for like, you know, okay, we're actually gonna book this, right? And it's who's, just like who's got well, their money ready? Yeah, because you everybody has that thought that they're gonna do it. And it's almost like in January where everybody's like, let's go to the gym. And then everybody's like, rah. And it's like, okay, well, tomorrow we have a hit class, like at 10 a.m. Oh, you know what? I gotta, I gotta take People my dog have, to the vet. Right. right. So to avoid that, just be a master of your own destiny and just book that trip. Or if you are going to group travel, don't feel scared to meet a new friend and and solo travel within a group. Like mm-hmm. I was saying, uh, there are groups on Facebook, Instagram. Now I will say, I, I, I'm a stranger danger kind of person. So obviously you get to know these groups and you join. Oh, of course, them. of course. Like everybody's cool from, from the experiences that I've seen. Um, and do your thing. Do yeah. your thing. Look that, build those memories. I love that we are able to close on that. We want to build those memories. Before we get to the final question, tell everybody listening, where can they find you? You've got a couple of Instagram pages as well as a YouTube channel. So give us a little rundown and we'll put all this information in the liner notes. But how can people follow you in all of your travel adventures? Okay, well, the number one is my Instagram at NYC and beyond with me. So it's uh, really highlighting the best in New York City and beyond and all my travels there. And then in there, you'll have uh, in the bio, you'll have a link to my uh, YouTube channel that has the same thing. So you get a little deeper into the content, of course, um, on my YouTube channel. Um, and that also is at NYC and beyond with me. Um for work stuff, if you go to nyctourism.com, that's the best place to see all of the things I do with my nine to five. And I work in the travel trade department. So if you were to click business and then travel trade, you'll find like, you know, my my profile headshot and stuff. Yes, we got some new headshots. Really, I was like, oh, that's cute. You know, a professional uh, advice or an itinerary or something like that, especially if you're in the travel industry. Like if you're a travel agent, travel influencer, tour operator, um, I would say just go to my jobs website, um, which is, um, like I said, uh, NYC, uh, tourism.com and their Instagram is at NYC tourism as well. But yeah, mine is at NYC and beyond with me. Awesome. Well, Renee, I'm so happy to have you on here in closing. I like to ask all of my guests the same question. I'm very excited to hear what you're going to say about this. If you could have a drink with anyone living or dead, who would it be? What are you drinking and what are you going to talk about? Oh, man, Michael Jackson. See, I didn't even give my Instagram. Duh! Oh, my God. This Billy Jean, because I'm a big Michael Jackson fan. So if you say dead or alive, Michael it's like, Jackson I would fan, talk to Michael, the biggest. I, I would ask him questions mainly about his music. Like, what inspired him? I'm a big fan of greatness. I, I mean, uh, Michael Jordan, Michael Jackson, Kobe Bryant, anyone that has mastered their craft. I want to know what inspires them, what makes them tick, what keeps them energized and focused on that. So I, I would chat with them about that. And I, what would I be drinking? I, I'm, a, I'm actually a vodka girl. So I'd probably just do like, you know, a New York Tito's and club soda. And we just, it up, you know? Okay. Okay. You never know. I mean, they've got the whole hologram thing in Vegas that you might be able to do it where you could have a drink. It's Vegas. I got to get back out there, right? You know, I I keep saying I need to do Vegas because I've never done it. And I have a very good friend of mine who's a flight attendant based out of Henderson. So it's like, I got to go to Vegas. So if you make your way out there. Oyster, let's get it done. 
Like, <laughs> just just let me know. We got a lot of travel going on. As for me, everybody, you can find me on all of my socials, my website, Desiree-Simone.com. And then, of course, my socials, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, Threads, if people are even still using that, at I am D Simone. Miss Renee Wilson, Miss Wilson, if you're nasty, thank you so very much. <laughs> I don't know. Wait. Girl, yes, yes, girl. Technology. Technology. <laughs> I, I'm an elder millennial. I didn't, I didn't know that existed. I literally just did that because I'm so happy to see your beautiful face and I can't wait to see you again in person. Well, thank you so very much. And thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. Everybody, please check out the links on the bottom if you want to be able to connect with Renee and also get some amazing New York City travel content. Thanks so much for being on the show. Bye. Bye, guys.